guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan, and on this episode, filling in for uh, Quincy, uh, who is held up due to Easter-related uh, family uh, stuff, uh, is a podcast regular and just basically sort of third member of the podcast, uh, Sarah Gailey. Hello, I'm here. It's me. It is you. It's Sarah Gailey. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? I am doing good. Um, what ghoul shit have you been consuming this week? I hope you're ready for this entire podcast to be turned into the Vanicula podcast, because that is the ghoul shit I have been consuming. Uh, this month is the 40th anniversary of Vanicula oh, being published, and my editor at Barnes & Noble asked me to write a piece about it, and I was like, well, okay, yeah, you know, I, of course I love Vanicula. Right. Every- you're, not a, you're not a monster. Yeah. Um, and I reread it, and it holds up so fucking good. So how does how does it hold up? Because I, I don't know if um, our uh, listeners know how I learned how to read. How did you learn how to read, Ryan? Okay, so I learned how to read because when I was a, a very, very small child, um, when I was about like four or five or something, and I couldn't read, and uh, I had, my mom had gotten a copy of Benicula, and uh, my tiny uh, doom cookie ass got so upset that I couldn't read about the uh, vampire bunny that I started crying and just like holding the book and like, I and my mom's like, all right, fine. So she got hooked on phonics specifically for me to be able to read Benicula. Incredible. And yeah. you are still hooked on phonics to this day. I'm halfway through Benicula. I hope to finish someday. <laughs> it's honestly, it's like, uh, it's like the Bible, you know, just you, every time you open it, you find actually, okay. So how does it hold up? It is funny as hell. It's smart. It doesn't condescend mm-hmm. um, at all. It's super weird. It doesn't have a moral lesson at all. Which is ideal for me, really, yeah. with, with a children's book. So wait, how? So the humor in the thing, is, is it... Because there, I think there are grades of like, this is kind of for kids, but kind of for adults, where like sometimes you get a thing like uh, The Little Prince or Shrek, where these are very different... Oh, okay, yeah, we're not going to tie The Little Prince and Shrek together. Antoine de Saint Exchequery. Somebody wants oh, to <laughs> But yeah, like so I mean so this is for kids, but it's not patronizing? It's not even for kids. Um I'm gonna I told you this is gonna be the Benicula podcast now. I'm so excited. So it was written by a husband and wife team, James and Deborah Howe, and uh, they wrote it for each other. They were they had this inside joke between them that about a vampire rabbit. The way that you do in relationships where, like, the joke mm-hmm. is not funny to anyone else no. outside of the two of you. It's like, you know, in our household, we have a joke that Buttercup the cat is the exact same person as Paul Hollywood from Great British Baking Show. That's just because she is a middle-aged British uh, baker. See, and listener, I know you don't find this interesting or funny because it's not. Because you're not here, right? Right. Um, a Vampire Rabbit was funny to James and Deborah Howe and they decided to write a children's book about it and they wrote jokes in it that would be funny to them. You know, it was it was James trying to make Deborah laugh and Deborah trying to make James laugh. Mm-hmm. And so the jokes in there are like they're about like tax brackets and therapy and like mom and dad making out. You like, know you know who loves a good tax bracket <laughs> joke? Kids. Any child. Chi- children love tax bracket humor. Reading it as an adult I was laughing and I kept on reading parts of it out loud because it, it's just so funny. 
Um, the sad part of this is that, you know, they wrote this book for each other and a few months into writing it, Deborah was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, Jesus. And she passed away 10 months before it hit shelves. Um, and neither of them thought it was going to be anything. You know, it's just we wrote this book and then, okay, I guess it's getting published now. Right. And it's turned into a, a legacy. It's a, it spawned chapter books and picture books and activity books and a cartoon on television in the 90s and or maybe in the 80s. Um, it, it's everywhere. It's iconic. You know, I've been telling people left, right, and center that it's the 40-year anniversary of Benicula, mm-hmm. and everyone loses their mind. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, Benicula is, it's like, uh, there are certain pop culture animals that uh, sort of, we grow to hate, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they loop you back. You could just say Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo, yeah. Or, I mean, like, you know, Garfield looped back around to being a meme and thus funny, but I feel like... Oh. You know, it's like Garfield, everybody loves Garfield, the fat cat who hates Mondays, and then, you know, he made everybody want to die. Right. Um, and then it, it's looped back around to that being the joke mm-hmm. that, Gar- you know, because you've got a Garfield comic strip where John drinks a mug of dog semen. Yeah, that's canon. Yeah, that is that that happened. Um, but Benicula, yeah, like, it's so... It's never fallen out of favor. Yeah. Benicula has never become a thing where you're like, oh my god, are we really talking about Benicula? Like, it... <laughs> It's classic, and it's because it doesn't condescend to its audience. Well, and this goes back to a bigger thing, I think, of, like, when you look back on a thing that you liked as a kid, and some of, the, some of them are embarrassing, and some of them you look back and you're like, fuck yeah, I like scary stories to tell in the dark. Where, because, Absolutely. Because there's a thing about it that endures, where if you look back and it's sort of something, uh, I don't know, like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of something... Like Magic Treehouse, I, I definitely was really into for a while, mm-hmm. and then I got into that, you know just too old to enjoy it phase where i was like oh these books are for babies oh you're a world weary seven-year-old at that point yeah 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 um and i think that's when you step away from stuff like um you know that doesn't really happen with like gravity falls but it does happen with barney yeah because there's no there there right this reminds me of in college um quincy uh found a dvd of the sonic the hedgehog animated series on dvd at um the local hastings and he brought it back where we were like living in a dorm at the time. I was like, oh my God, holy shit. I remember Sonic the Hedgehog, the TV series. And we put it in and like five minutes into an episode, it was just deathly quiet. And we were like, <sighs> you, you want to turn this off? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do something else. It hurts. It hurts. Okay. So yeah. uh, what ghoul shit have you been consuming? Uh, I have been, so I had mentioned on Twitter that I uh, have not read uh, enough uh, abidingly horny haunted house stories by which i mean like usually sex is kind of in the mix but not really like because when i mentioned it on twitter that i want more because you know you think about it it's a bunch of like paranormal investigators mm-hmm. and sort of woo woo types and also repressed scientists mm-hmm. and they're all staying in a very stressful environment together and they should be fucking like there should right. there should it should be roiling with sexual tension um and so I just started reading a book uh, by Sierra Simone called uh, A Lesson in Thorns. Ooh. And it is deeply horny on Maine. Like, it's it's these... Um, Excelsior. Yeah, it starts with... Um, it's sort of like... Uh, did you ever, did you ever uh, read Stephen King's It? I did. I remember all of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely uh, all of it. Yeah, yeah, we're both thinking about the same scene. Absolutely. So it sort of starts with that, but not not like horrible and pornographic like there's the thing opens with like there are six kids that are 
at this old English estate and they find a secret chapel of thorns and then they in, they enact like a weird wedding scene because they're fucking weird goofy little kids sure and they three of them share a kiss at the same time and it sort of scrambles all of their brains and then they all come back to uh, Thorn Chapel as adults uh, and now they're adults who fuck so it's it's hard to do a three-way kiss. It really is. There's a lot of saliva potential there. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, one of the movies on our list, Three-Headed Shark Attack, illustrates that point. You know, that if you try doing a three-way kiss, you will get eaten by a two-headed shark. Wait a minute. You said it's three-headed shark attack. Do the three shark heads kiss each other? No. No, they don't kiss. Then I don't want to know about this movie. I beg your pardon. Excuse me. Actually, it's two-headed shark attack. It's like a regular shark, but get well, this. It's two heads. Why are you giving me this dime store two-headed shark when I could have a three-headed shark? <laughs> that's that's I what I told them. I want the real shit. Don't get me that Kroger brand shark. Pure, uncut, three-headed shark. Absolutely. Pepsi shark. Now I'm just hearing three-headed shark to the tune of two-headed boy by Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, three-headed... Anyway. Um, so let's... So this week, holy shit, we are... Well, so... Oh. Knowing that I was going to be a guest on this podcast, we were trying to figure out what movies to do mm-hmm. for this week. And uh, we were having a hard time coming up with stuff because I don't like to be extremely scared. Right. What I mean, what is it about scary movies? They scare you. They're scary. Yeah. Okay. They are scary, and they will scare you. They will scare you. They will give you a fright. And I'm okay with, you know, some level of being affrighted, but there's sure. some level of being affrighted that I don't want to do to my brain. You know, you, you can be sort of casually afeared from time to time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then we realized... A of all, I am currently obsessed with talking about Benicula, so doing a vampiric week would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. And B of all, I had never seen two movies that I watched for the first time just so we could talk about them here. Mm-hmm. And those movies are basically the same movie in a lot of ways. Uh, so the two movies we're doing this uh, for this episode are uh, Twilight and Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Now... Holy shit. So the movie Twilight, um, this is, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this in 2019 after sort of the f- the fear around Twilight has died down. We've all seen the sort of this is regressive and bad takes, which is like true, but also not interesting. And we've all had this conversation a million times. Um, the movie Twilight. Exquisite. I, Jesus Christ. I could watch it all day, every day, if I was hungover all day, every day. Yeah. It's a perfect hangover movie. Oh, absolutely. The The thing about the movie Twilight is the plot is so completely secondary. I mean, this whole thing, it, it's like watching a cozy fanfic mm-hmm. um, where everyone wants to throw up a little bit all the time. Yeah, everybody is experiencing various levels of like bowel distress mm-hmm. throughout this film, and they're, mm-hmm. they're sort of clammy. There is so much acting going on, mm-hmm. and I am totally fine with it it's wonderful so um how would how would you describe we should all right so the movie starts out with sort of like a deer is in a forest sure and it gets eaten by a guy the thing is the second i saw that deer on screen i was like that deer looks scrumptious i would eat it are you a dracula maybe or maybe this is just some great camera work and they're putting the right lens on this deer just like how <laughs> the food lens, you know, in um, Jordan Peele's Us, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele uses great camera work and directing to make us feel strange about the fact that the white family has no window coverings on any of their windows. Because that's weird. 
It's weird. That's insane. Why would you want people to be able to see into your house? Because then they can see into your house. Ah, yeah. Uh, That deer looked scrumdiddly umptious. I would have eaten it up, and some mysterious creature does eat it up. Well, there we go. And then we cut to um, Kristen Stewart, who, by the way, in this role, is fucking great. Fantastic. I, I feel like everybody in this goddamn motion picture absolutely knows what movie they're in. Like, they, they have no illusions about this. Like, Kristen Stewart, who always looks like she's just rolled out of bed and is sort of... She's got the... Yeah, like you said, the expression of, like, stomach distress. I have never seen her quite as heavily polished as she is in this movie. Mm-hmm. We've got... What year did this come out? Uh, I want to say this was 2008. It's a very 2008 styling. We've got a lot of, like, layered shirts... Like, you know, those, like, very thin T-shirts and then thin long sleeve shirts. And, you know, her hair is very much in those, like, very stylized curls from mm-hmm. that time period. Um, she, they did a great no-makeup look on her that I'm oh, yeah. very impressed by. We open on her in the desert, and she's holding a little cactus in a pot and saying goodbye to the desert. And as an avid cactus fan myself, you are. I immediately connected with her character. <laughs> That's um, all the characterization you need is just, she's friend to all cacti. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's it. You've got it. You've got the character absolved. She has to bring this cactus with her, and I respect that choice. Really, um, that cactus is like Jonesy the cat from Alien, mm-hmm. and she's like Ripley. A thing that I really like is that it never comes back up how much she loves, she's from Phoenix, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never once comes back up how much she loves Phoenix. The entire opening is about how much she loves Phoenix and how much she's dreading going to this place that's Which... not anything like Phoenix. And then we never return to it because it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter. And also, nobody likes Phoenix. Have you been to Phoenix? No, I haven't. But I do have it on good authority that there are a lot of cactuses there. So let's not talk trash. That's fair. I mean, listen, I I lived in Indiana. um, Hammond, Indiana, which is right outside Gary, Indiana. Sure it is. I I know from um, shit places. And Phoenix is one. I'm sorry, Phoenix listeners. I'm sorry. I love your cactus town. (laughs) <laughs> I do love your cactuses. Um, and so she gets to this town, and her dad uh, is a mustache, a very mm-hmm. friendly mustache, who... A gruff but friendly mustache. Yeah, he's a gruff but friendly mustache. You can tell that he cares about his daughter. Um, and, th- all right, so first of all, the soundtrack in this film, it is like audio volume. None of the music means anything at any point, which I love, mm-hmm. um, except for... Huge spoiler, at the end of the movie, the song that's playing in the background includes the lyrics, This is Twilight, (laughs) which I know because we always watch with the captions on, so my busted ears don't have to do any heavy lifting. Um, Yeah, This is Twilight, great song lyric. But yeah, the entire time, the soundtrack is super mellow. It's very much like, you get the vibe of like an overcast day where it's sort of drizzling, but it's not bad enough that you're even going to put your hoodie up. Right. Which is exactly where Bella is moving to. Well, there we go. And uh, honestly, although now that you said, like, this is Twilight, now I can picture is um, Peter Facinelli's dad vampire saying in the Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night voice, Welcome to Twilight, for real. And he's, they play baseball. I hope you like Twilight. Because you're you're in one. one. Yeah, and they play, so uh, they're at this school, and the... Oh, wait, we need to talk about uh, the horrific (laughs) wheelchair representation. Oh, Jesus. I feel like they thought that they were doing a good job. They put um, Jacob, who... I don't need to tell you guys who Jacob is. If you don't know who Jacob is, I'm I'm sorry that you're a time traveler who got stuck in this year, but, like, catch up. 
Okay, so Jacob, who's going to be like our secondary love interest, he's a, a native teen who's from the area, and his grandfather? His... His older male relative. His, his older guy. Yeah, his, his old guy who he is related to is his in a wheelchair. Man. And we've got some real rough representation of this wheelchair. Uh, Bella's dad and Jacob's older male relative like are apparently really good friends. And there's a scene where uh, the guy in the wheelchair chases Bella's dad around... Like and a, they romp together like a like, Jack Russell Terrier, like a like a dog, and it, it was really weird and upsetting. Yeah. Um, and then you know we've also got like him getting loaded down with stuff, like he's a wagon, uh, and then getting like hefted up and downstairs. Also, if this is your oldest friend and presumably the only person you hang out with in Forks, Washington. Why the fuck don't you have a wheelchair accessible house? Like, why like, is... It's you're... difficult to do, but also Bella's dad comes across as real handy. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could build a shitty ramp, which would be better than this. Anyway. The entire house is stairs. It looks like an M.C. Escher painting. God, I wish that was me. So anyway, that that's there and happens. And you got, you know, Bella, like, meets Jacob and gets this shitty truck. And then she goes to school. And Jacob has, I would say, the worst weave I have ever oh, personally seen. The center part on this titty length wig. <laughs> titty wig. Old titty wig. It's a challenge. It's a lot. And I, I feel like it's just because we've been watching so much Drag Race that I'm just obsessively looking for the hairline. And this, this thing isn't even a lace front. It's a shake and go. Now, you know that thing when there's like a character in something that's been like left in the forest for 20 years or whatever, and they're like a wild man now? It was that haircut. So, okay. So bad, bad wig, bad wheelchair, bad truck. And then mm-hmm. Bella goes to school for the first time in Forks, Washington. Yeah. And population 30 people. 30 people. And so what's incredible about the, the, the school at Forks is that everybody at the school is just, like, pretty nice to Bella. And Bella is just sort of like, fuck all of you. And they're like, hey, do you want to... My mom made pizza rolls. She says you can come over. And she's just like, get fucked. Okay, I I actually, like, I will be the Twilight Defender here. The Twilight Defender is logged on. Yeah, I think it's not super realistic in most cases for someone to show up to a new school and everyone is pouncing on them to be friends. Right. But... This movie does a really good job communicating to the viewer. This town is little. The high school is littler. There is nothing interesting happening ever. Bella shows up on the first day, and she's the only interesting thing in the room. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like every time we bring like a new piece of furniture home or whatever, and Tinkerbell loses her mind because yeah. she lives here in this apartment. She never gets to see new stuff. Right? She has no frame of reference, and, and so if you drop Kristen Stewart into the middle of yeah, she's works. gonna freak out. I feel like it makes a lot of sense that everyone is so nice to Bella. I do think that um, Bella's intense awkwardness feels justified mm-hmm. here. Because everyone is like, oh my god, we're so excited to see you. We're gonna be friends now. And she's like, uh, what? Oh god, what do I do? Yeah. Which I have been there uh, many a time. Yeah, I also feel that. And he, so it gets uh, sort of more awkward when, so Edward Cullen, uh, who, and again, if well, you're listening to this, unless you came unstuck in like 1924, you know who he is and what he looks like yeah uh played by robert pattinson hunk o'rama now here's the all right so here's the thing he's a little slice he is a little slice and all three of us were watching it and just sort of going he could get it jake i'm 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 watching this motion picture and he's hot i always have qualms about um thinking that someone is hot who's playing a high schooler but none here because the entire cast everyone who is playing a high school student is at 
minimum 39 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I am waiting for my Twilight Pretty Little Liars Riverdale crossover. Make it happen, Hollywood. Everybody at this high school could legally run for president. And, and... Absolutely. So I feel no qualms here. Um, yeah. Robert Pattinson is a super snack in this movie. And also, he is delivering one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. <sighs> It's incredible. Like, and, and this is, um, the way that he acts, it's sort of like he's got his skull on upside down, and he's just so uncomfortable with everything he has to be doing. His visceral revulsion when he first sees Bella is <laughs> delicious, and he just, you know, they're made into lab partners, which is like, mm-hmm. your classic, like, fanfic, like, enemies to lovers oh, shit, yeah. right? Oh, we, well, we're stuck together. Oh, I don't like you. We got to the hotel, and there's only one microscope, and then you've got to, <laughs> like, hun- and then you've got to hunch over it, and it's really, it's really steaming. But he just, she sits down next to him and he glares directly at her with absolute hatred and then refuses to touch her and it's marvelous. Yeah, he's trying to murder her with his eyes. He would rather be at the bottom of a sewer than next to her. It's really great. And she's like, oh, I don't like this, but I don't know what to do about it. Should I say something? Shouldn't I say something? Which I've also been there. You know, I'll mm-hmm. go to like a conference mm-hmm. and some person will just be sitting there mad dogging me for an entire panel or whatever. Right. And I'm like, well, you obviously hate me for some reason. I don't know what to do about that. Oh, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Right. Um. So we get a lot of this. We get a lot of. Uh, most people at the school being really friendly to Bella and trying to become friends with her, boys trying to ask her out, which, fine, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, she the, looks like Kristen Stewart. I can't be mad. No. People who are like, oh, no, she's, like, not that pretty and interesting. Why are they asking her out? I'm like, oh, she looks like Kristen Stewart. You're fucking stupid. But also, yeah. also, Anna Kendrick is in this a movie. baby Anna Kendrick. And we do experience a, a boy asking Kristen Stewart out and Kristen Stewart's like, uh, no thanks, but you should go ask Anna Kendrick out. And he's like, oh, really? I'm sorry. If yeah. Anna Kendrick is around... You you go with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. If Anna Kendrick is an option, you go with Anna Kendrick. Um, and so everything sort of heats up when she realizes, like, obviously that Edward is indeed a Dracula. He is, yeah. Um, she figures this out because he starts being friendlier to her. Um, and she's like, oh, why are you being friendlier to me? And then he's like, I don't know, get me out of here. (laughs) And we've got a couple of great conversations where she asks any question and he just turns around and walks away from the conversation as if he's about to go take a stress shit. It's like a Wes Anderson movie. Honestly, it was so delightful. I was clapping my hands and laughing, um, because it's just great. It's just great. He's so uncomfortable. He doesn't know what to do with himself. But she does notice things like uh, the fact that he has super strength and sure. super speed and his eyes change color. Super vampires have super blood. Yeah, and his hands are ice cold. My God. And she goes home and does some research and finds out about the cold ones. About to crack open a cold one, yeah. I mean, I would like to crack open this particular cold one. Hey. Hey. And she finds this on the internet, which by the way, I love that she also uses Google and not like... Searcho. Yeah, she's not using like web trawler or like look around or I would use look around. Alright, so actually, what was the most ridiculous of the old school search engines? Spider with a Y. Spider with a Y? No fucking question. I can still picture it in my head. They use it on Lawn Order SVU all the time. Maybe they didn't. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't remember. But I can picture it. Oh wait, I just figured I just figured it out. Spider, because it's the web. 
Hey. Hey, it's searching the Yeah, all right, well there we go. Um Google, you wasted your fucking time not naming your search engine spider. Yeah, get fucked. Um and she figures out that he is a vampire. Now, the way that the thing that I'm confused about, because there's the infamous um the, the sparkling with Oh yeah, because he goes uh, he goes out into the sun and he you know opens up his shirt a little bit like Fabio mm-hmm. and he is a sparkles. He's dewy. Mm-hmm. He's a dewy lad. Mm-hmm. And he sort of steps into it, and he just, like, sparkles lightly. And my question at this point, they had a budget. Like, they had money to make this film. They added, like, a slight sparkle effect in, like, After Effects? They were... This is my my one quibble okay. with this film. They were too scared of looking stupid. Because there were so many expectations, right? Twilight was a huge deal before, way before it was a movie. Like, mm-hmm. the books were massive. And... They, I think that they were really scared of making Edward look stupid. Because of Sprackles. Which is great, because Robert Pattinson wasn't at all afraid of making <laughs> Edward look stupid, and it makes him so much more charming. Like, yeah. the Edward in the books, uh, even when I was reading them when they were coming out, I was kind of like, oh, Ugh. he seems, I mean, great, because I am a teenager who has no sense of what toxic behavior looks like. But, right. But also, like, oh, he, why are you so into him? But in the movie... Honestly, Robert Pattinson plays him as a rom a rom com lead, right? Mm-hmm. He is charmingly inept. He is so awkward, and he he's more of a self insert than Bella is. Um, Shit. If they hadn't been so scared to make him look stupid, they mm-hmm. would have had him go out into the sun, mm-hmm. and he is just covered in that roll on body glitter I was obsessed with in the sixth grade that smelled like <laughs> grape juice. Uh huh. That's what I need from this movie. And I, they, I completely agree. This was cowardice. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, so now at this point, you might, be, you might be wondering to yourself, if you haven't seen the movie Twilight, what is the plot of Twilight? Shh, 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 shh. No. No words now. Only dreams. Like, at, you, you get about an hour into it, the antagonists of the film have not shown up yet. They kind of showed up in a scene where someone's moving really fast through the woods. Sure. Two mentions of people getting killed by animals, which is this thing where I'm like, don't you know that you're in the movie Twilight? Yeah, the camera, as it's going through the woods, it does this, like, Sam Raimi Evil Dead thing, where it's just like, whoosh. Uh, I would like it noted that I made a great joke on Twitter that Mm -hmm. nobody appreciated, which was, I can be, or Dutch Angle, or your Dutch Devil, and it was about this movie, and I'm pretty pissed that nobody appreciated it that's that's because in order to appreciate it we would have to engage with the joke and also with the meme of i can be your angel or your devil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's just too much um the camera work in this movie i feel like uh, exemplary it's all right so the way this movie is shot it's like they're reinventing how to make a movie every single time they shoot a scene where they're like okay so i know that dutch angles are a thing i know that close-ups are a thing probably lighting maybe and it's wonderful because i don't like nothing is centered in the frame nothing homo it's great this is it's such an art house film um (laughs) yeah and i'm really impressed by all the risk taking aside from the body glitter cowardice body body that's the name of the episode now is body glitter cowardice perfect um okay so so we're like an hour into the movie Mm -hmm. and we get to the baseball scene. And this... Jesus Christ. So, uh, you might think to yourself, I'm a vampire. 
Right. Of course you are. I've been alive for probably hundreds of years. I know what Abraham Lincoln looked like, probably. We, I know what Abraham Lincoln looked like. Like, like shit. <laughs> That's rude. Abraham Lincoln was a handsome fellow. Just because he had a rare form of gigantism doesn't mean he looked like shit, Ryan. Oh, that's not why. He had a fancy beard. He, he had a tall beard. hat. You know what? That's true. Is it not enough to look at a man with a tall hat and a fancy beard? Suck my dick. Abe Lincoln was hot. All right. Well, Abe I'm... Lincoln was absolutely hot and you're a fool. So you'd let him split the rails? Yes. Okay. Um... Also, nothing is hotter than signing the Emancipation Proclamation. Fair enough. That's... That's my that's my, that's my favorite Cosmo tip, actually, is sign the, <laughs> sign the Emancipation Proclamation. No, but they probably know what Abraham Lincoln smelled like. There we which, go. Which, in fairness, probably not great, because, you know, time period. Well, no one had deodorant. He uh, had never brushed his teeth, ever. But you think to yourself, I'm a vampire, and I've been around for probably hundreds of years. What might I do for a fun time? Like, murder, maybe? Or also murder anybody can do murder okay like if you're a vampire there's like a handful of things you can do there's murder there's listening to industrial music there's um wearing a big long black coat wearing a big long black coat uh glowering at people in the parking lot at denny's at two in the morning yeah i feel like um post columbine only vampires are allowed to wear big long black coats you actually need to be a, a literal monster. You need to be a certified vampire. Yeah, an actual, like, none of this fucking, listen, they're, they're, this is, they come by it honestly, they are yeah. wearing the uniform of somebody who's about to kill you. So baseball, um, you might think to yourself, what do baseballs do for, baseball? What do vampires do for fun? And what do baseballs do for fun? They play vampires. Um, and so we've got this family, the Cullens, and they play... Oh, we should, in case our listeners, some, this is like a finer detail of Twilight that you might not know, just mm. from the culture... Uh, the Cullen family is made up of Dad Cullen, who is a used to be a, and is still a doctor, mm -hmm. Mom Cullen, who's his wife, and then their, quote, adopted kids. Uh, there's four or five adopted kids. So there's Dr. Acula and the Fang Gang. Yeah. Uh, there, the, with the, among the children's, there are three boy vamps and two girl vamps, and they're paired off into couples, mm -hmm. except for Robert Pattinson, Who's a lone wolf? Well, we shouldn't call him a lone wolf because he'll probably be mad about that. Right. The rivalries that happen later. Anyway, right, it's fine. Anyway, um, so there's gonna be a thunderstorm, and uh, Edward invites Bella to come hang out with his family and play baseball. And he says we can only do it during the thunderstorm. And she's like, "Why?" And he's like, "You'll see." And here's how abidingly fucking stupid I am. We were watching this movie. And we got, like, halfway through the baseball team. And I was like, I still don't get why they have to do this during a thunderstorm. Is it just because they're dramatique? And Christina pauses it and turns to me and says, no, Sarah. It's because they hit the baseball so hard mm -hmm. that it makes such a loud cracking noise that they need the thunder for cover. So nearby townspeople don't know that they're vampires. So are these special vampire bats and balls that can withstand the vampiric force? Of uh, excuse me. I need to just break this down. Are you asking me if they have special vampire balls? Do and, they have special vampire balls? And vampire bats? Yeah, Vamp I'm pretty yeah. sure they got bats. They got bats. All right. They're if they are making... God damn it. If they are <laughs> making such a ruckus as to create a thunderclap level sound... I think they're not even using bats. I think that they're just slapping the ball out of the air with their open palms. Just fucking Dikembe Mutomboing it out of the air. Just yeah. Um... And so in the midst of their their uh, gambles and re uh, revelry, 
Um, vampire bats. Vampire bats. Special vampire balls. Um, a, 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 an unrelated gang of vampires who are also passing through the area um, challenge them to a baseball game. And at this point, you might be thinking to yourself, this is about to be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> because a rival vampire gang is about to be like, what you know about baseball? And they were going to fucking throw down and... Here's the thing. They're not even a rival vampire gang. Because I definitely, in this moment, like, mm-hmm. these new vampires come out. And I was like, oh, okay, Bob Fosse choreography. Give me my West Side Story about vampires. Let's fucking do this. But no. They just roll out of the woods. They look like they're in the greatest music video of all time. You've uh-huh. got Kid Rock Vampire, mm-hmm. who, uh, he's, you know, here. You've got a <laughs> young black vampire who I, he looks so familiar to me. Was he on something else recently? He, he looks like a, he looks like he's a guy, right? Like, he you've like, seen him and stuff? He looks like he could be a BBC regular. Yeah. Um, and he is wearing no shirt long like like suede-y fur-trimmed coat mm-hmm. exquisite and then you've got um hot redhead vampire with big long red curls she looks and like stevie nicks yeah she looks cool as hell i would be so intimidated to have her out at a bar right and they roll out but then and... she would challenge you to a game of baseball and you would know true fear yeah absolutely i would know true fear the second she made eye contact with me yeah um so they come out of the woods, and they're like, hey, we're here. Do you want to play baseball? And the Cullens are like, oh, you're the ones who've been murdering people. You should stop it, because it's drawing attention to us somehow. Yeah, we, we got to keep a low profile in Forks, Washington. And when everybody's getting the shit murdered out of them, people start asking questions. Yeah. It gets weird. And these new vampires are like, no big deal. What if we play some baseball with you, and then we'll leave? Let's play some baseball about it. But then the wind blows in the wrong direction, and Kid Rock Vampire picks up Bella's scent. And he gets erect. And he is screaming like, oh shit, you brought a snack. And then for whatever reason, uh, the movie has decided, and really just the franchise has decided, uh, Bella Swan must have the best blood in the world because they are willing to hunt her down and take her family hostage. Yeah, so the way that this is framed is, you know, like, they have a little bit of a rumble, and then cool black guy vampire is like, hey, we're sorry, we'll leave, but just so you know, Kid Rock Vampire is the best tracker anywhere, and once he, like, starts the hunt, he won't ever give it up. Y'all just, y'all hear Bawat the Ba just faintly on the horizon oh. as an augur of your doom. Wow, that, oh, that's yeah. my worst nightmare. It's the last thing you hear before you die. I hope, because otherwise I have to keep hearing it. Yeah. Um. So then, you know, it's like, oh, we got to get Bella out of here. She's in danger. Run. Yeah. And so a uh, bunch of bullshit happens. It's not important. Um. There's a fight scene that Bella isn't really there for, and we don't really get to see, because she gets knocked out. Which is fine. Sure. Honestly, it's completely fine. We've got some stuff about how, like, when she was a little girl, she took ballet lessons and she goes to her old ballet studio. None of this is important or matters except for the fact that the bad guy vampire shows Bella how threatening he is by playing her a home video from when she was a child. And the home video is her teeny baby in a tutu saying, Mom, I suck. Owned. You, 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 just, got, you just got owned by vampires. Like, they could just kill you. Or they could pull receipts on when you said an embarrassing thing as a toddler. It's 
But the embarrassing thing is the fact that it's her and her mom in this video. So someone was taking video of her, a kid, saying I suck. And then <laughs> her mom saved the video. And she's like, yeah, fuck you, kid. Her mom saved the video. Maybe to rewatch later and be like, hey, you remember when you had low self-esteem about how shitty you were at <laughs> dancing? I That's honestly the best receipt I've ever seen pulled is... But if, listen, if you look at the transcript of your life, you will see that you have admitted you suck. You totally suck. So uh, this bad vampire, he bites Bella, and she... Yeah, he, he looks like an above-ground pool. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. There's no chlorine in that. No. Um, he bites her. It looks like she's going to get turned into a vampire. And then, you know, all the good guys show up, and a big fight happens without her having to partake in it at all, because she's on the floor. She's, she's like the Nick Carraway mm-hmm. of, of this of the series. And then Edward and Dad Vampire show up. And Dad Vampire is like, well, I'm going to tourniquet her thigh, which I guess got injured. I don't remember. And uh, then he's like, Edward, you can stop her from changing. You have to suck the venom out of her wound. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. You're no venomologist. I I mean, I am a venomologist, Purely. R.E., the movie the, Venom. The, the 2018 film Venom, of course. Uh, but, you know, I, I am a certified and registered EMT. I haven't nice. done continuing ed in a little while, so maybe stuff has changed. But sucking the venom out does not work. No. It's a bad idea. You'll po- get poisoned. You, If you do get any venom out of the person, you wind up with it just in your mouth. But you would have to do it like a millisecond after they get bitten. Your body moves blood through itself really fast. And so Edward starts suckling at Bella's wound. Sure. And apparently sucks so hard that he sucks the venom out. But then it's like, oh, you... Did it? Because well, he because he has the power of vampire suck. Like this isn't just your nor- This isn't your dad suck. This is wait like wait a minute. Okay, this. Mm-hmm. So we know that Ed, uh, canonically Edward did not fuck for all of his immortality, which is insane to me. If I was an immortal vampire, I would be fucking all day and all night. Yeah. Because you can't. You can. They have right. so much stamina. <laughs> um, but this is you know it's like a not well-defined what he did or didn't do. Right. What I'm asking is, how much dick do you think Edward sucked between when he was turned into a vampire and when he met Bella? I think a lot. I hope a lot. I mean, if I'm... But also, he could kill you. I mean... I I mean, if I'm a Mormon vampire and I am bored out of my mind and, like, what are my options? Play baseball with my dad, Dr. Vampire? mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And go to high school? Over and over again? Of course you're getting a blowjob at, like, a truck stop. I... I don't even think he needs to go to a truck stop. I think he could give a blowjob to anyone he pleases. He's a very handsome boy. He is. Anyway, um, I will think more about that on my own time. For the rest of this podcast, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yep. So he sucks all the venom out of Bella, and then he doesn't kill her from sucking venom out of her, and then she's in the hospital, and she's like, oh, I didn't get turned into a vampire, and uh, this movie's about to be over, except we haven't gone to prom yet. You know, and that's that's the thing that I announce at the end of any movie is, where's the fucking prom? Like, if I'm watching the Maltese Falcon and they haven't gone to prom yet, I'm going to burn this fucking theater down. You've got two options. Either you give me a band playing on the roof of your school. Mm-hmm. Ten I'll, things I hate about I'll you. I'll say Ferris, right. Or ten things I hate about you. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. The band oh, say Ferris. Oh, okay, things. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or prom. Yeah. These the are only two fucking options you the, have. The two don't genders. give me anything else. I don't want anything else from you. No. So we go to prom. Bella comes down the stairs wearing a, I 
kind of like a believable prom dress. It's mm-hmm. it's like one. It's like purple. It's a little bit ruffly on the top. It's not got a ton of shit going on. She's not overstyled. No. Again, I appreciate this movie actually kind of understood what teenagers dressed like mm-hmm. at the time, um, even if they looked like Kristen Stewart. But she is wearing jeans under her dress, mm-hmm. which uh, I grew up in a city with a huge Mormon population, and I will tell you. That is some, like, realistic representation shit. Yeah. That's, honestly, this being the movie that it is, I, I expected her to, like, descend in um, khakis and a polo shirt. Oh, that'll happen later. Yeah. That'll happen later. There is a scene in one of the Twilight books where uh, Bella, uh, yes, I do remember this. Excellent. She comes down the stairs and she is dressed to impress and she's wearing a floor-length khaki skirt and, like, a blue polo shirt or something, and Edward grabs her and is like, I've never seen anything hotter than you right now. (laughs) Floor-length khaki skirt. Hell yeah. Listen, man, if a floor-length khaki skirt is what does you in, then... We call that that Mormon lingerie. Do you in. Yeah. And so they go to prom, and they dance, and Jacob is like, bah! And Edward's like, and then... Uh, they, they, there's a gazebo that is better lit oh, I love a good than gazebo. my actual wedding. Yeah. Uh, which was very pretty, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's incredible. And they slow dance and then I think they kiss. And the thing that's crazy about this movie is like, there's no chemistry between Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. None at all. And, and if there okay. were, if there were, I would like this movie less. Yeah. No, it's great because the fact that there's no chemistry between them makes it more believable that they are teenagers who, like, almost don't kiss at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not, like, finger-banging in the back of her <laughs> shitty truck. And also, his fingers are, cold, like, ice-cold and, like, yeah, marble. Yeah, they are, baby. baby. No, yeah, you're getting... It's like getting We finger- call that the Otter Pup. They're... Ah, uh, God damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we call it the Otter Pup. So- no, listen, like, these are teenagers. They should absolutely be, you know, like doing hand stuff doing hand stuff uh, but they're not and the only reason it makes sense is because they don't have any chemistry bella is clearly just into him because he's weird and interesting and she's weird and interesting and she's like okay cool well you're weird and then mm-hmm. she's like oh you're a vampire well i'm in too deep i guess i'm in a relationship with you forever waka waka it's totally great it's great uh- i uh sorry one thing before we wrap this up that the the last scene of the movie is beautiful because um you know they're like kissing on the gazebo and then we go up to the window of the big house where prom is taking place mm-hmm. and a lady's looking out the window and who is it stevie nick's vampire lady and oh. she turns around and looks at the camera and we go to black and white because you know she's about to start some trouble you know that yeah shit's about to get real with stevie nick's vampire and now, so maybe in the next movie there'll be a plot now see my my i think my primary beef with uh twilight is this is the same beef I have with Dracula Untold, which is if I'm watching a movie with vampires, I want to see some vampire shit. Like I want to see some blood. I want to see fucking dudes sleeping in coffins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to see some like weird vampire shit. Like I I want I want to see uh something that's like vampires. And this movie they, they didn't even have fangs. They didn't. Was... I mean, they had baseball. <laughs> What they had else special, are you looking they for? They did have special vampire balls. They have extremely special vampire balls. And vampire bats. Also vampire bats. I think this movie is actually fucking great. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I 
going in, I was like, I want to keep my, my mind open mm-hmm. because of this great thing that happens where anytime teenage girls really like something, mm-hmm. everyone shits on it. Oh, yeah. And I had never seen the movie. I had read the books. I knew, I know all the, like, relationship problems, okay? Of course. And, and like, I, we, we were all, listen, man, we were in the shit. In, like, 2009, we yeah. were in the, there was the discourse. It's, I know that their relationship is very textually unhealthy, right? Like, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson says to Kristen Stewart, like, basically, I want to murder you more than I want anything. And she's like, I don't care. That's not good. Okay. Don't be in a relationship like this. Mm-hmm. But... This movie is... In fairness, you constantly tell me that you're going to kill me. I do do that. So, and you are actually going to kill me. Yeah. Oh, thank God. It's the only way for you to go. Now... All that aside, they're, you know, this relationship dynamic being unhealthy and the entire, like, love triangle setup being unhealthy and Mm -hmm. yada yada. Sure. This movie was so enjoyable, man. I could have watched Robert Pattinson's performance all day. My biggest critique of it is that we don't need the plot part of, like, the the bad vampires doing bad vampire stuff. Right. I know, like, it's an adaptation of the book, but if you wanted to improve the book and just make this movie be the most itself it could possibly be, you would take out all of that plot shit and just let me watch Edward and Bella being so uncomfortable (laughs) all the time. And I would love it. Looking, it was better than The Lobster. Looking like brown shoes on the tuxedo of, of life. Absolutely. Deeply... I could watch that all day. Yeah. And our, and Robert Pattinson especially. like he His performance, I, it's almost like he's... It's like he's acting in a different movie and is just... Like, in a, like he's in a different room acting and everybody else is in the other room and he doesn't know what anybody else is doing and he's just sort of riffing. I feel like Robert Pattinson was the only one who really understood what he was doing and yeah. the legacy he was going to leave. Okay, so let's put this shit on the list. That checks out. Um, Alright, I'm looking at the list right now and I'm going to tell you pretty mad that Blade is at 147 mm-hmm. but it's right after the fly so like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that this movie is not as good as Blade. No. I think it is better than it. It from 2017? Oh, shit. I haven't seen it from 2017. Oh. Uh, I was thinking of the other It. It is certainly better than The Stuff. That's okay. not hard to accomplish. No. No, of course. Which, of course, Although the stuff... Although we do quote The Stuff a lot around this house. Pretty much constantly, yeah. yeah. So, I, I honestly, I would say that I think this is better than The Stuff, but not as good as It from 2017. Yeah. Um, so, I feel pretty good about that. So, coming in at our new number 156 is Twilight. And now, God have mercy... Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bam Stoker's Dracula. Dram Boker Stacula. So he, so this movie, um, it's so much. It's a lot. Um, is this a good movie? I can't answer that question. <laughs> Did your brain just do a soft reboot on that question? Do me a favor and leave in that long silence so yeah, that I will, your yeah. listeners know how long it took me to try and form a word. <laughs> Um, yeah. this, no, it's not a good movie. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a great movie. It's a horrible movie. Yeah, it is. Although, I, I'm not even going to lie to you, it is my favorite Dracula adaptation, and I will. Uh, okay, uh-huh. given that I have a fan theory that Twilight is actually just a remake of Bam Stoker's Dracula. Sure. I feel like Twilight is a better adaptation of Dracula. Well, but wait, wait. Okay, so can okay. we get can we get a runtime? What's the runtime on Bram Stoker's Dracula? Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, the runtime is two hours and thirty five minutes. <gasps> I spent yo two hours and thirty five minutes of my life on this movie. That's incredible. And I, didn't... I tried not to get 
drunk while I was watching it was because like I a, wanted to remember it. It was like a long day's journey into night. Like, we were working through shit while watching. Okay. Wow, that is, that is more time than it takes to drive from here to San Diego. <laughs> Holy shit! And I just so want that on the table. It, 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 I, thank you for thank you for registering that. that. Two hours and so this is my favorite adaptation of Dracula because um, a few reasons. One, Tom Waits is here. He sure is, Tom, and they he, they didn't tell him he was in a movie. They just put a camera on him. No, they just let him wander in front of the camera. Um, he plays uh, Doctor Renfield, who obviously is the guy who uh, fucked off down. He bopped off down to Transylvania. And got his um, brains scrambled by uh, Dracula and came back eating bugs. Didn't you used to have a cat named Renfield? Yes, we had two cats named Renfield and Simon. Uh, Renfield had visible fangs that were oh, just good, good. out all the time. Yeah. And also he was a weird little shit. So right. he was constantly on the roof yelling. So we just decided that he was Renfield. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, now there is a sliding scale of British accents in this movie. Tom Waits' British accent? Pretty fucking good. Pretty good. Everyone's accent in this movie. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Good? Uh. Perfect? Yes. Okay, so we've got um, Tom Waits' accent. We've got a guy who they wish they could have cast Edward Norton in this role. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy... A Richard E. Grant. Oh, and when Richard E. Grant came on screen, I was like, they wish they could have got Ed Norton. God, but I really would have loved to see Carrie Elways in this role. And then it turns out, Carrie Elways is in this movie! <laughs> I'm so proud of myself, by the way. When you said, oh, they wish they could have gotten Carrie Elways, I'm like, mm, wouldn't that be cool if Carrie Elways was in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then two minutes pass, and Carrie Elways, who is in this movie technically? He's stupendous. Any movie he's, he's in, he's him. great. I love him. I wish that he was playing his character from Twister for this movie, but I can't always Unrealized, Dracula. Unrealized. <laughs> uh, we've also got... Winona Ryder. Yeah, and she's fucking great. She is a champ. Now, all right, so there's some... Uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, who plays Dr. Uh, Abraham Van Helsing. Uh, two things I realized. One, I want an adaptation of Dracula with Peter Stormare as uh, Van Helsing. Sure. Just off-putting weird... I want you to get the things you want. You know, just weird dude energy. Um, and then... Th- Van Helsing in this movie is hooting and hollering. He's doing jumping jacks off camera. He gets so excited once some Dracula shit starts going this down. This is the most lively performance I've ever seen from Anthony Hopkins, but we are getting so far ahead of ourselves. Oh, sure. Okay, so this movie opens and we're like, hey, here's Gary Oldman. He's mm-hmm. got beautiful long flowing hair and some cool uh, armor that makes him look like a baby belt cheese. <laughs> and he is getting married to Winona Ryder. Looking like a snackula. Who, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's getting married to Winona Ryder, who's in a big fancy dress, and then he's like, okay, I'm going off to war, and then he fights a war, and then he comes back from the war, and she killed herself for a stupid reason. Because the Turks fired a, an arrow through the window saying like, hey, her boyfriend's dad. And she's like, oh no, and she just leaps to her death. Sure. Uh, and then uh, he like renounces God and throws a sword into a cross, and the cross just has blood everywhere, and he, he s- drinks the blood. It's a lot. He stabs it in the god. Like, he just jams that fucker in, and the blood is just gouting out of this cross. Yeah, it's no. uh, it's wild. My question about that, by the way, uh, did he know that was gonna happen? Or, like, I really want to believe that there's an alternate take where he just, like, jabs a sword in, and a great jet of blood just hits him in the face, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? I think he did that on purpose. I think that cross is a Capri Sun to him. Everybody's a Capri Sun to Dracula. Shit, that's true. The world is his Capri Sun. Oh, that's a... I think that's nice. That's nice, yeah. That's nice. Um, so then we just smash cut to a bunch of years in the future from there. Mm-hmm. And we've got 
Keanu Reeves. Who is a flawless baby angel and we all love him. Yes, Jonathan Harker. His accent is good. He's good. <laughs> Everything he does in this movie yep. is great. It's great. And he's going to go and visit Mr. Dracula because he doesn't realize that he's in the movie Dracula. Right, because nobody in Dracula, although I feel like here's the thing. If you like take the Borgo Pass and you're going to cart, like if, if you're if you're taking this journey, I feel like before you get to Castle Dracula, you must know that you're about to experience some fucking Dracula stuff. Here's the thing that I love. Um, so Transylvania is in the Carpathian Mountain region, mm -hmm. and this is mentioned in the movie. Like, oh, you're going to go to the Carpathian Mountain region, and in Banicula, ah. there is a part. Where uh, the bunny comes home and the bunny has a note tied to him. And the note, the, the dog is descended from Romanian wolfhounds. And therefore, he can read the note, which is written in an obscure dialect of the Carpathian Mountain region. Excellent. And so when Keanu Reeves' character is like, I'm going to the Carpathian Mountain region, I was like, that's where that dog is from. That wrote that book I like. And I sort of nodded, like, that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah. I, was, I was trying to figure out, like, what, which, which, because the thing is, I didn't know which dog you were talking about. The dog. The boy. Yeah. The boy. Anyway, all right, so uh, Keanu goes to Castle Dracula, mm -hmm. and Gary Oldman answers the door as an extremely old man with a butt for a hairdo. The butt hairdo is honestly iconic. Yeah. Like, when, I, when you think of Bram Stoker's Dracula... You, you gotta have butt of, hair. I think, you think of the butt hair. I think immediately of the Simpsons riffing on it with Mr. Burns as, mm -hmm, as Dracula. Mm -hmm. And the, so, a thing I can't figure out, is this movie pro-Dracula? This movie has no perspective on anyone or anything, <laughs> and I'm great with it. Except for titties. This movie is pro-titties. This movie is, alright, so it's pro-titties, but that, that actually brings up a great point. So, honestly, obviously, Jonathan Harker falls prey to the vampire ladies that... Right, so you know he's he's Jonathan Harkering around. He's right. like, oh, everything's probably fine. Meanwhile, Dracula's being like, Bleh, I'm a monster, and Keanu Reeves is like, oh, interesting. This is fine. Um, you know, he eats a meal. He cuts himself shaving, and Dracula's like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, he he just fucking yeah. He watches Dracula climbing upside down on a wall like a lizard, and he's like, huh, what a strange series of circumstances. This is probably fine. And then he's wandering into the castle, and some sexy vampire ladies are like, hey. We're sexy vampire ladies. Mm -hmm. They say to him, "Come fall into a ball pit made of sexy vampire ladies." And he's like, "Okay." Can can I can I say a phrase that makes me uncomfortable every time somebody uses it? Cuddle puddle. Oh, sure do hate that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like smile pile. Like you just don't need to do smile that. Smile pot. That's not a thing anyone has ever said. If someone invites you, if someone invites you to get in on a smile pile, you <laughs> fucking run the other way. Run. For your life, you may not escape, but at least you know you tried. Oh, Lord have mercy. And so uh, the vampire ladies, they're, they're hanging out. and they're, they're in a cuddle puddle. One of them bites his wiener. For sure. 100%. They're like licking his nipples. We get a really extended shot of one of them tonguing really his into, erect nipple. Really into nipple play. And then one of them defo bites his ween. And it's great. We never get follow up on that. I want to know at what point. He gets to be like, hey, Dracula, by the way, about my penis that one of your lady friends bit. <laughs> Are you going to reimburse me for that? So then Dracula bursts in and is like, how dare you touch him? He's mine. And all the vampire ladies are like. <sighs> and then and they're my, I think one of my favorite ridiculous moments in this deeply ridiculous Rococo dumpster fire of a film 
so they want to eat not just Keanu Reeves' wiener, but the rest of Keanu. I mean, so I say mean, we all. That's, that's just the human experience. And um, so Gary Oldman Dracula is like, no, fuck off. And they're like, don't we get to eat tonight? And he goes, ugh, fine. And he produces a human baby. Like, from where? Out of, that was my question. Like, where did he come did, by? Did he birth this baby? Yes. Where did he get that baby? He um, he sort of pulls it out, and Jonathan Harker, as played by Keanu Reeves, just, he starts screaming at the complete horror of this whole arrangement, where, like, oh, God, they're eating a baby. And so we, we sort of cut to Mina, uh, his, his girlfriend, who's uh, living it up in London with her slutty friend, Lucy. Oh, I love her slutty friend, Lucy, so much. Her slutty friend, Lucy, has long, red, wavy hair, much like the Stevie Nicks vampire from Twilight. This backs up my fan theory. Oh, there we go. And her friend, Lucy, is just... She wants to fuck, and she wants to fuck so much. This movie makes sure that you as a viewer know, respect, and understand that Victorian people wanted to bone down. They were not sexually repressed. That's a fucking myth. They were horny all the time. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And then actually going with horny, um, so Dracula uh, comes to London uh, in fulfillment. Hey, hey. A, uh, Dracula does London uh, in in fulfillment of everybody's terror of uh, scary Eastern Europeans moving into London and buying up property. This is fine. Um, and he immediately like Travis fucking Bickle takes Mina to a porno theater. Absolutely. He so he bumps into her on the street and does some pickup artist shit, and she falls for it. And then she... Oh, I like that makeup. It's a very brave choice for that mm. face. Oh, has anyone ever told you your smile is weird? <laughs> I like it. Oh, you laugh like that. Oh, that's that's your laugh. Is that's wow, wow. Oh, you blink a lot. Blah. Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's yeah. Pick up Drac. Um, they go to this like movie theater that is definitely showing a porn, which again, great. Great Victorian representation. If you have movie technology for the first time ever, you're using it for porn. Don't tell me otherwise. God fucking bless. And so there's just titties out for Satan. Absolutely. Um, uh, so they go to this movie theater, and then a wolf shows up, and then he saves her from the wolf, and she pets the wolf. And this is the part of the movie that I felt was most realistic. Okay. Because if I was feeling uncomfortable about a situation, sure. and then a wolf shows up, and someone is like, I know you don't trust me, but you get to pet this wolf. I'm like, yeah, we're friends now. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I get to if pet a wolf. If it's, I'm you don't board. trust me, then trust this wolf who trusts me. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we're I'm in. totally on board. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Lucy is playing the field, getting a lot of suitors to be interested in her. Frankly, the movie kind of wants us to think that she's like an audacious slut. Sure. But I'm like, hey, in a time period where your marriage was the most important thing, you're instigating a bidding war, man. Yeah. This, this is, is a situation the... where you're courting these three guys and being like, oh, but he said that he's going to give my family this much money like she's doing her job. He's 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 the heir to a cowboy farm. Support Lucy. Now, what's great also, so in this movie, uh, of these suitors, we have Richard E. Grant, the doctor, not Dr. Acula. Um, no, a whole different doctor. A whole different doctor. We've got him. We've got Carrie Elwes. Uh, who we're all just delighted. Obvious choice. Delighted is here. And then we have my favorite character in this movie, and probably indeed in any story, uh, Quincy P. Morris, a rootin' tootin' Texas cowboy. Uh, I... A a, a gentleman gambler. Love... I love the shit out of him. We meet him when Lucy greets him. She says to Mina, like, oh, watch this. And she goes and runs to greet him, and is like, can I touch it? It's so big. And, you know, she's, like, facing him or looking at her back. 
And then she pulls out a huge knife that he, I guess, just had on him. Of course he, listen, as, as is the style if you're a Texan abroad. I love this. I also saw a thing on the internet the other day that I don't know if it's true, but I've taken it in my heart. Mm-hmm. That actually this Texan character would have been completely natural in this story as it was written at the time it was written because a cowboy was like a weird exotic thing to bring into your English story. It's like just having like, ooh, look at this the fucking foreign weirdo. So he's like, a, it, this is like a ninja showing up. For exactly. The yeah. Um, I love him with all my heart. That said, Carrie always is the obvious marriage choice of the three. Oh, if you can he's marry, if you can marry, if you can marry Carrie, mm-hmm. you marry Carrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, uh, it, I, I think he's, he doesn't have enough to do in this movie, which is a shame, but there is one bit where, okay, so Lucy Westenra obviously gets uh, seduced by Dracula. Uh, in a, oh, we can't pass the oh. the rainy labyrinth scene. So there's a labyrinth. Rain, the rain bang? Like a garden labyrinth that is, you know, plays a big part in this whole story. And uh, while uh, Dracula is crossing the sea to get to England before the porn theater scene, we get that smash cuts between him on the ocean and uh, Lucy and Mina running around in a rainstorm in the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And... They share one kiss, and then nothing else happens with that. And, like, we're just going to drop that? I need to come back to that. But then later, okay, so uh, Mina has met this guy who says that he's a prince, and he took her to a porn theater and let her pet a wolf, so she's having a a day. Wait, wait, sorry. Um, The ship for this couple, would it be Lena or Moosey? Moosey. It'd be Moosey. 100%. So she's having a hell of a day, um, and then she wakes up, and her friend... Uh, Lucy is out in the labyrinth and she chases Lucy through the labyrinth in this outrageously boobtacular scene where like titties are bouncing everywhere mm-hmm. um, and she catches Lucy getting balls deep fucked by a monkey right who is also um, actual monkey actual yeah literal uh, uh, Dracula as sort of a simian Mm-hmm. You know what he looks like? He looks like the um, the werewolves from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series. Oh, I thought that he looked like early Planet <clears throat> of the Apes. There we go. Um, I feel all right, same makeup guy. I feel like there has never been a good werewolf design in any movie, aside from. Oh, I'm gonna slap the teeth out of your mouth. Absolutely. How are you gonna talk about American Werewolf in London that way? Well, it's a you know that's some of the best practical visual effects that have oh, ever Oh, the Rick existed. Baker, yeah, no, that that makeup is cool, but that's like the only, you I mean... cut your lying tongue in half. Yeah, but aside from that, I feel like we're, nobody can sort of agree what a werewolf should look like. Well, that's because they won't let us study them. Uh, they're, yeah, they're elusive. Um, so yeah, Lucy just gets... So she gets she gets completely railed by... Uh, she, the rain train. Honestly, she looks like she's having a good time. Good for I her. respect that he... She's a modern Victorian woman. If he's gonna fuck a girl out in the labyrinth he's mm-hmm. gonna make sure she enjoys herself and i appreciate that that is more consideration than i have gotten from nine tenths of the human dudes i've had sexual relations with dracula listen you know he might be kind of problematic with the murder and the he can still blow out my bacula ah jesus <laughs> Christ. That, just makes me think, that just makes me think of scott bacula i always want to be thinking of scott bacula that's understandable um, and so uh, That's Lucy, why I wear this locket. Hey, hey. And so uh, Lucy starts wasting away from uh, being, being horny. And God, I'm always wasting away from being horny. I Lucy, know. bitch, me too. The fuck. Me, yeah, and she, and and also for this period, this is such a great illustration of like 
Bram Stoker was uncomfortable with women, where it's like, you know that thing when a girl you know is slutty and you just gotta kill her? And it's how it how it be. It, it indeed. And so they uh, they they creep into the into her crypt. So she 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 sort of dies, and they're like, mm, is she though? And they creep into her crypt, and while she's they being uh, all the men, by the oh, way. all of the men. There's nothing psychosexual or weird about because Mina is off getting married to Keanu Reeves in Romania. He had a whole lot of stuff happen to him, but the movie doesn't care about it. Neither do I. Neither, neither do I. Um, so all of the men uh, go down into the crypt and uh, Carrie Always, who has the biggest face in the world in this scene, the camera yeah. is up his nose. He is hammering that snake home. Snake? Steak. He's not hammering a snake. No, he is. He's hammering a snake. I mean, if yeah. I was him, I would also be hammering that snake. Hey! Um, and a bunch of bullshit happens. Listen. Listen to me. This is a movie. Um, the all costumes... Right. So the, the bunch of bullshit that happens uh-huh. is that they hammer a snake through Mina's heart. Right. And old, the old snake in the heart. Yeah. She's like, oh, there's a snake in there's my heart. There's a snake in my heart. And then, you know, she dies forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then some stuff happens where, like, like, Dracula and Mina are like, oh, but we're in love. And Mina's like, yeah, change me into a vampire. And he gets real close to changing her into a vampire. And then somehow it doesn't work. And I feel like he, he pusses out because he doesn't want to curse her. And then we get to the last act of Tombstone, but Dracula, where there's a lot of action <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of stuff happening and none of it matters. Nobody cares. It's the real part of the movie is over already because it was all about the horniness and now that's gone. Exactly like Tombstone. Yeah. I was interested in the sexual tension between Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp and you're giving me carriage chases? Okay, what if? The cowboy in this movie mm-hmm. was replaced by Doc Holliday from Tombstone. Uh, he would be Dracula. He, all right, what if Doc Holliday playing every character in the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula? <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, Give it... me cowboys and Draculas. Give me cowboys and Draculas. Cowboys and Draculas. That's all. That's all you want. Uh, so then they they kill Dracula. Yeah, well, oh no, no, that's yeah. right. So they. They, want, they try to kill Dracula, it doesn't work out so great, and then Mina and Dracula are in the church together where he opened up the Capri Sun cross. Right. And Mina, like, stabs him through the heart, and he's taking a while to die. And they yeah, he's, have... like, he's like Pee Wee Herman in Buffy. Like, yeah. he is taking a fucking while. They have a whole conversation, and then he dies, and then Mina, after a long pause... With no music. So she, like, she... This is exactly what goes in the movie. Stabs him through the heart. Cuts his head off. Yeah, that's... That silence was intentional. That was me staring at Ryan, giving the don't say anything eyes. Except quadruple it. Yeah. So... And then uh, just decapitation. And then that's where the movie ends. And that's it. That's the whole end of the movie. It's great. Now, the costumes in this movie... Gorgeous. This movie is a fucking delight to look upon. Like, it is is sumptuous. It's lush. It... I feel like it smells good. It does smell good. We've I, got I, satins. We've got taffetas. We've got horsehair taffetas. Yeah. We've got some fucking gold lame that I don't know how it found its way there, but I support it. We got velvet left, right, and sideways. Mm. We've got fucking Anthony Hopkins wilding out, showing up for a performance, and it's we just... We got brocade. We got Tom Waits looking nothing related to the time period. Tom Waits just showed up and was like, no, I look the way I look, and it's fine. He looks like a steampunk accountant, and I, for one, I'm just glad he's there. Actually, I just realized also if Dracula is a pickup artist, he also has the plumage of, like, 
the biggest fucking top hat in the world Hell that's meant, yeah. meant to be a conversation piece and when you're like your hat is way too big he's gonna be like no you like it or else he wouldn't have mentioned it or whatever like blah. We, we got dracula wearing a 14 inch tall top hat mm-hmm. we got green satin coming out at everyone's orifices yeah we got dracula himself mm-hmm. in a house a red house coat with a cathedral train yeah listen it's i love a lot of things mm-hmm. but the costume in this movie i fucking love it yeah and so this is again like you like we said at the top of it this is a terrible movie Oh, like, it's excruciatingly bad. It's so long. In construction and in execution, it is... I couldn't tell you who this movie is about. Not like no. who the protagonist is, but who it's about. Like, is it about Jonathan? Is it about no. Mina or Dracula or... Every single character we abandon for huge swathes of the film. Mm-hmm. The most coherent character arc is probably Lucy, but yeah. she dies and then she doesn't come back into the story. She's a cautionary tale of horniness yeah just don't get don't get don't get horny or a gang of cowboys will stab you in a cemetery put it on my tombstone they will they will stab your tombstone in conclusion dracula is a land of contract (laughs) dracula uh, dracula's dictionary defines a lumpier (laughs) as so yeah all right so where fuck me where on this list would we want to put Dracula 1992. A ways down. I mean, yeah. this movie, it's not even a... I'm stealing this blatantly from We Hate Movies, which was one of my favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's not even a hangover movie. Like, it's incomprehensible. It's weirdly sound mixed. It's visually loud. There are a lot of titties, which I appreciate. I am a titty appreciator. But, I mean, there there's not even titty continuity. Like, when Lucy is on her deathbed. You've got these cut scenes where it's Mm -hmm. like going between her and something else. And every other scene, her titty is either out or in. It's just like... It's great. It's not thoughtful titty representation. And and I I think it was... um, We watched it with uh, Josh Danger. I think he was the one who pointed out that it's like, it can't decide if it wants to be a Roger Corman movie or an art film. Yeah. Because it's like, we definitely need like titties out for Satan. We definitely need a lot of that. But we also need sort of like Dutch angles and like it's, German impressionist shit. It's nowhere near as good as Twilight, which is not something I was <laughs> expecting to say going in, right? Because I'm like, listen, this is a Coppola movie. Like, yeah, he's good at making movies and Twilight is notoriously garbage, but actually one of them is enjoyable and the other one felt like a job. I'll, qu- like, I'll, I'll quote you on that. Coppola, he's good at making movies. Yeah. Uh, it's a controversial opinion, but I'll you, say it. You ask anyone, I'll tell you. It, it felt like... It felt like... I had this job once where mm-hmm. I had to do a, like an administrative project that involved manually entering a ton of information about different client files into a huge mega spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I finally finished it. And they were like, oh, so glad you finished that. We're not actually going to use it. <laughs> Shit. It took me a month and a half, and oh. I was like, oh, okay. well, I made my salary, I guess, and that's no. how watching Bam Stroker's Dracula felt. God damn it, Snackula. So, and yeah, there. the thing is, Dracula wasn't hot in this movie, which if I'm watching Dracula, no, listen, I'm a Gary Oldman fucker. He did have a huge hat. Died in the wool. I loved his huge hat. I loved his goofy glasses, but... He wasn't hot. He had that weird baby bell armor. His long flowing hair looked kind of... I like to peel that cheese wax. 
of muscle drac. Never speak again. I understand. No, and like his like long flowing hair wasn't sexy, right? It was the kind of thing where you know he'd get mad at you for mussing it. He didn't look like a good kisser. He I'm just like <laughs> Man, if you're gonna be a sexy Dracula, be a sexy Dracula. If I'm watching yeah. Dracula, I want to be horny also in the Dracula sense, and he was the least horny part of this movie, which yeah. is wild to me. Dracula is supposed to be driving the horniness of the whole picture. Now, and this is actually the the exact opposite of Twilight. In that this movie, full of Dracula shit. Mm -hmm. It is just full of vampire stuff. Oh, we've got this great scene that is so important in a vampire movie where the vampire is like, has a victim and she's got her neck tilted back. And then he like turns away from her to look at the camera and tilts his head back and goes, ah. And you get to slowly see his fangs come out for a million years. Yeah. I mean, that's the most Dracula shit you can get in a Dracula movie. But it, he wasn't... He wasn't horny enough. He wasn't horny at all. But he, it's okay because Francis Ford Coppola was horny enough for everybody in this motion That's picture. true. It, don't get me wrong. It's an exquisitely horny movie. Mm-hmm. But Dracula himself mm-hmm. should be king horny. And instead, he was like... He was like cobwebs on a dildo. <laughs> where you're just like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. Like, this is, this is like making half-hearted plans to fuck, like... This is when you're in a relationship and you're like, oh, we should schedule sex. And then you get to the night that you schedule sex and you're hoping the other person will cancel. <sighs> yeah. That's what, oh. that's the horniness level that he was at. Oh, man. And so I just, that's I can't, rough. I can't abide it. Uh, I understand. So, uh, so, but you know, it's another horny movie. All right. So let's, uh, so uh, at number 251, we have Urban Legend. This was not as good as Urban Legend. Not as good as Urban Legend. I, All right. I enjoyed Rebecca Gayhart mm-hmm. in Urban Legend. You know, Obviously, like, because you're not a monster. There was an enjoyable part. Okay, so Ryan, would you say that uh, Bam Stroker's Dacula is better or worse than Spooky Buddies? Okay, so what you're really asking is, is the Halloween Hound a more compelling uh, malevolent spectral force than uh, Dracul? You tell me. I feel like I'm... <sighs> it grieves me to say so. But I gotta give the edge to Bram Stoker's Dracula. I do not think it is better than Curious George Halloween Boo Fest. Okay. Uh, I would like to register my bewilderment at this ranking system. But <laughs> yeah. tell me how it compares to Wolf Guy and Rage Lycanthrope. Um, Wolf Guy and Rage Lycanthrope is incredible. It. It, it makes no sense. Picture a movie called Wolf Guy and Rage Like and Thrive. I'm already doing it. Um, excellent. Uh, I do think it's better than uh, Deep Blue Sea 2. Alright, so then I think that makes Bam Stroker's Dacula our new number 272 between Shallow Water 2017 and Deep Blue Sea 2. We've got Keanu Reeves' British accent. Yeah. Which is impeccable, Keanu, you're perfect, and we love you. We're just glad he's here. Uh, Sarah, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Anywhere online at, uh, my handle is gaylyfrey, that's G-A-I-L-E-Y-F-R-E-Y. Yes, it is a Doctor Who reference. And, uh, you can also find my website, sarahgayley.com. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't tell listeners that they can read my debut novel, Magic for Liars, in June, and if they pre-order it, in hardcover and send the publisher a screenshot of their receipt they will get a dope ass enamel pin 
Um, Rank and Vile, we can be found on Twitter at Rank and Vile Cast. Uh, we're on Tumblr at Rank and Vile, and on Instagram at Just Rank and Vile. If you have a movie that you want to request, we do. Uh, I know we didn't get to on this episode because we were way too busy talking about how Dracula fucks. Uh, you're going to want to send that request to either our email at rankandvilecast at gmail.com or in our ask box on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile. Uh, we are on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on Last.fm, we are just all over the fucking place. If you like this garbage podcast, please consider uh, leaving a five-star review or telling uh, anybody you know about us. Uh, but, barring that, that's about all I got. Uh, all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Later, folks. Bye.